Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. Joe Biden is still silent about what took place at Mar-a-Lago. The attorney general is still in hiding. The FBI director is still in hiding. I want to break down this Newsweek article for you and add some additional information that we have uh, have uh, seen here in the uh, in the moments before the opening of this program. So we have this piece that came out at ten o three a.m. today, as many of you know, listen to talk radio. Exclusive: An informer told the FBI what Docs Trump was hiding and where by William M. Arkin. Now I want to make it clear and keep something in mind: so many of the leaks to the media are lies. They are dis and misinformation. And I will explain why some of this is BS. The raid on Mar-a-Lago was based largely on information from an FBI confidential human source, they write, who was able to identify what classified documents former President Trump was still hiding, and even the location of those documents, two senior government officials told Newsweek. Now, look, folks, they met at the White at the uh, Mar-a-Lago in June. President isn't hiding anything. Uh, they were negotiating with the president's attorneys and staff. This is quite frankly, typically what happens. This is typically what happens. And um, so they're not hiding in the locations. President had taken them to the I guess you called the basement of Mar-a-Lago which had a lock on the door at the request of the government. As it turns out, where so many of the documents or these boxes were located. The officials who have direct knowledge of the FBI's deliberations and were, 
and were granted anonymity in order to discuss sensitive matters. So the raid of Donald Trump's Florida residence was deliberately timed to occur when the former president was away. Now, usually when you have a warrant, and it's not a dangerous situation, it's not a situation where somebody's going to get hurt, or it's not a situation where something is going to be removed or destroyed or altered, you want the individual to be there. FBI decision makers in Washington, and I might add you present the warrant, and Miami thought that denying the former president a photo opportunity or a platform of which to grandstand or to attempt to thwart the raid would lower the profile of the event, says one of the sources, a senior Justice Department official who's a 30-year veteran of the FBI. So we have the FBI leaking. The effort to keep the raid low-key failed. Instead, it prompted a furious response from GOP leaders and Trump supporters. What a spectacular backfire, says the justice official. Now, guy's got 30 years, but there are other people there, too. And the idea that they didn't know that a raid on the president's Mar-a-Lago home uh, at, at dawn, before the sun rose. And the idea that 30 FBI agents, some standing at the entry to Mar-a-Lago, where the gate is on the driveway, with a semi-automatic weapon in hand, and numerous government <laughs> vehicles, is idiotic. Is nuts. I know that there's much speculation out there that this is a political persecution. But it is really the best and the worst of the bureaucracy in action, the official says. They wanted to punctuate the fact that this was a routine law enforcement action, stripped of any political overtones, and yet they got exactly the opposite. Because it's not a routine law enforcement action. It's never been done to a former president. In fact, it wasn't done to a former FBI director, Comey. In fact, many, many people who've served in government, not me, but many, many people who've served in government have found themselves in this position. General Petraeus is another. This didn't take place. Both senior government officials said the raid was scheduled with no political motive. The FBI's solely, sole intent was on recovering highly classified documents that were illegally removed from the White House. Well, it's a funny way of doing it. You just issue a subpoena. And then you take them to court if you really feel you need to, which would have also been unprecedented. But a warrant is part of the criminal process. And so there's probable cause that a crime may have been committed. And so the idea, again, that's why this leak is really intended to downplay what's taken place, that it's just routine, it was a bureaucratic screw-up, and it backfired, it's not political, to me is a flat-out lie. Preparations to conduct such an operation began weeks ago, as I mentioned it would take time to do this, but in, but in planning the date and time, the FBI Miami field office and Washington headquarters 
were focused on the former president's scheduled return to Florida from his residences in New York and New Jersey. They were seeking to avoid any media circus, says the second source. So these individuals were authorized to leak, in my view. Said a senior intelligence official was briefed on the investigation and the operation. So even though everything made sense bureaucratically and the FBI feared that the documents might be destroyed, they also created the very firestorm they sought to avoid in ignoring the fallout. On Monday at about 10 a.m., two dozen FBI agents and technicians showed up at Donald Trump's Florida home to execute a search warrant to obtain any government-owned documents that might be in the possession of Trump but are required to be delivered to the archives under the provisions of the Presidential Records Act. Now, we know that's not true. They showed up much earlier than 10 a.m. And the act establishes that presidential records are the property of the U.S. government. We know all this. The act and concerns about the illegal possession of classified national defense information are the bases for the search warrant, according to the two sources. The raid had nothing to do with the January 6th investigation or any other alleged wrongdoing by the former president. Okay, that's what I wanted to touch on as well. Remember I discussed the plain view doctrine? Remember that, Mr. Producer? The plain view doctrine. You don't have to put in the warrant. January 6th investigation, taxes, or anything else. You just want to get your foot in the door. And they said that this was hardly a judicious search. That is, they spent hours there, including going through the former first lady's closet, which is really disgusting and outrageous. So routine, ladies and gentlemen, including bringing a safe cracker to break open the president's safe, which reportedly had nothing in it. Going through his multiple offices, going through every box, every shred of paper. I don't know what they did with computers and so forth. The lawyers were not allowed to be present. They were not allowed to make copies of what the government was taking. And this is routine when you're dealing with an ex-president in this statute. Once again, I believe strongly that this was an effort to get the foot in the door, to grab everything they could, and what is this, you know, talk about the Presidential Records Act, or NARA, the National Archives and Records Administration, and that act. And, of course, if they could find something related to that, they'd be thrilled, but it's more than that. The road to the raid began a year and a half ago. They write, when in the transition from the Trump administration to the Biden, there were immediate questions raised by the National Archives as to whether the presidential records turned over to the federal agency for historical preservation were complete or not. In February, archivist David Fierro testified before Congress that his agency began talking with Trump's people right after they left office and that the Trump camp had already returned 15 boxes of documents to the archives. He said that in those materials, the archives discovered items marked as classified national security information. 
unleashing further inquiries. This is an Obama hack, by the way, as to whether Trump continued to possess classified material. And these are the people who have kind of destroyed the National Archives, the way that Madison's home has been destroyed and Jefferson's home has been destroyed. The National Archives, if you go there now, will be nothing like the National Archives before the Biden administration. The basic outlines of the facts surrounding this timeline have been confirmed by the former president. And uh, according to Justice Department source, the archives saw things differently, believing the former White House was stonewalling and continued to possess unauthorized material. So then you issue a subpoena. You don't get a warrant. You don't go criminal. You use the civil, the, uh, civil process, if that's what you really believe. In late April, so with the archives... Headed by this Obama guy, they ask the Justice Department to investigate. So in late April, the source says, a federal grand jury began deliberating whether there was a violation. You believe this? Of the Presidential Records Act or whether Trump unlawfully possessed national security information. Through the grand jury process, the archives provided federal prosecutors with copies of the documents received from former President Trump in January 2022. The grand jury concluded there had been a violation of law according to the department source. There should never have been anything brought to a grand jury. In the past week, the prosecutor in the case and the local assistant U.S. attorney went to the Florida magistrate, Judge Bruce Reinhardt, in West Palm Beach to seek approval for the search of Trump's private residence. The affidavit to obtain the search warrant, the intelligence source says, contained abundant and perfect and persuasive detail that Trump continued to possess the relevant records in violation of federal law, and that investigators had sufficient information to prove those records were located in Mar-a-Lago, including the detail that they were contained in a specific safe in a specific room. Well, that turned out to be false. In order for the investigators to convince the Florida judge to approve such an unprecedented raid, the information had to be solid, which the FBI claims, says the intelligence source, so, as I said, and it's been picked up by others, you can trash a Supreme Court justice for being corrupt and ideological and political and all the rest. But here we have a magistrate judge with ties to the Epstein case, with ties to a case in which he was defending a, a grotesquely perverse member of the House of Representatives, uh, and in which he gave a donation to Obama before he was a judge and a donation to Jeb Bush, who, of course, was an opponent of Trump's. Perhaps he should have recused himself. According to experts familiar with FBI practices, Judge Reinhardt reviewed the prosecutor's evidence and asked numerous questions about the sources and the urgency. They're familiar with FBI practices and they know what the judge did? That's a weird sentence. Anyway, the judge signed a search warrant allowing the FBI to look for relevant material, and the FBI then planned the operation, wanting to conduct the raid while Trump was in his Bedminster place in New Jersey. A Secret Service source who spoke on background said the director was given advance warning and was later told the specifics of the raid. Now, <clears throat> you're the judge in this case? You know what I would have told the FBI? 
You come back here with a subpoena. You go the subpoena route. You don't need a warrant against the next president. You don't need a warrant against the next president. Convoy of unmarked black SUVs and rider rental trucks filled with about three dozen FBI agents and technicians entered the gates in the early evening. Early evening. Didn't they just say 10 a.m., Mr. Producer? More when I return. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Miranda Devine is a superb reporter and commentator at the uh, New York Post. FBI searched Melania's wardrobe, spent hours in Trump's private office during Mar-a-Lago raid. They scoured Trump's, Melania Trump's wardrobe. Hours in Trump's private office, breaking open a safe, rifling through drawers when they raided the former First Family's Mar-a-Lago home. Post has learned that the search warrant used by the FBI to enter the palatial Palm Beach property focused solely on presidential records and evidence of classified information being stored, a close source to the former president. Expressed concern FBI agents or DOJ lawyers conducting the search could have planted information. The raid by over 30 plainclothes agents from the Southern District of Florida and FBI's Washington field office. And as I said before, the Plainview Doctrine, there is no question in my mind. They didn't go through the documents there. They took the boxes. So whatever is in the boxes they have. And uh, very, very sleazy, as far as I'm concerned. Incredibly sleazy. And very uh, unbelievable going through the former First Lady's wardrobe. I'll be right back. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. 
To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. The one-man antidote for liberal media bias, Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. I'd like you to hear a little bit more of this. In May, they were granted access, the FBI, into Mar-a-Lago's windowless storage room. And they spent several hours searching through the boxes. Trump stopped by the basement to say hello at one point, says someone who was there. Access to the 20-acre private country club is believed to have been granted by heavily armed U.S. Secret Service agents stationed at the front gates and toting M4 carbines. Lawyers for the former president who were caught off guard by the raid arrived an hour later. See, none of this was necessary. Again, you don't do this to a former president. The FBI would not have executed a warrant without notifying the Secret Service first. Once inside the air-conditioned white marble-clad private quarters, agents fanned out to search every room while shock staff were instructed by Trump's lawyers to unlock doors and provide the FBI access to every room, including the sumptuous Versailles master bedroom renovated by Melania two years ago. So they're searching their bedroom. They're searching her closet. The former president and the former first lady. And based on what? And for what? Another group of agents, including a professional safecracker, moved to a separate part of the enormous 1924 Spanish stucco building to search Trump's office and safe. The demeanor of the three Justice Department lawyers who accompanied the FBI was described by one eyewitness as arrogant. And they repeatedly told Trump representatives, we have full access to everything, we can go everywhere. And despite the sweltering 91-degree temperature Monday, Trump's lawyers were forbidden by the feds to shelter inside the cool lobby or to observe the search in any way, but were left outside in the baking sun near a parking lot. The feds instructed Trump's representatives to switch off the security cameras, but they refused. Believable. Does that sound like a routine raid of a former president's home? Not that there's ever been one. Does that sound appropriate to you? No, it doesn't sound appropriate to me. Now... There's a little more that I want to fill uh, fill you in on as well. The claim is that Merrick Garland was unaware of any of this. Now, you heard from this that this planning went on for weeks, as you'd expect. It included at least two FBI major offices, one in South Florida and the Washington, D.C. office. It would have included prosecutors as well, and obviously a... uh, a master federal judge. And the FBI director would have absolutely known about it. So the question is, how would the attorney general not know about it? That's why I'm telling you a lot of this is being leaked. And I think what we have going on now is a cover-up. And the reason we haven't heard from this attorney general is they're still trying to get their arguments lined up. That's just my, my belief. 
And now we have this breaking from the Daily Wire. Judge orders Department of Justice to respond to request for Trump raid warrant. Federal magistrate judge has ordered the Department of Justice to respond to request to make public the warrant authorizing the FBI's unprecedented Monday raid of President Trump's residence. Federal magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhardt ordered the Department of Justice to, quote, file a response to the motion to unseal, unquote, the warrant Wednesday following a request made by the Times Union a news outlet based in Albany, New York, and the conservative legal action group Judicial Watch. Reinhardt said the Justice Department must respond no later than August 15, which is Monday. According to Trump attorney Christina Bob, Reinhardt signed off on the warrant application for the FBI raid. And of course, before he became a judge, he was a defense attorney and at one time worked on behalf of several individuals connected to the late sex offender trafficker Jeffrey Epstein. Interesting. Judge should have recused himself. I don't even know how he became a magistrate judge, to be honest with you. It's ridiculous. You work on the Epstein case? I mean, don't we have any standards at all? So whatever this warrant says, the point is this was a fishing expedition. It is a witch hunt. It is nonstop. This is what they do to Trump. This is what they do to his family. President today had a waste time with the uh, Attorney General of Albany and their demands on the civil side about his businesses, in which he apparently pleaded the fifth, which he should. Not because he's guilty of anything, because it's in the Bill of Rights. He should, because he understands they're trying to trick him. They're trying to get him on something, anything. The investigation in Fulton County, Georgia. Democrat DA. That goes on. The phony January 6th Stalinist committee. That goes on. The political hack U.S. attorney in Washington, D.C. That goes on. There is no way Merrick Garland was uninformed about what his department, what his prosecutors, what his FBI was doing at Mar-a-Lago. No way. No way. And there's no way that the White House Counsel's Office, at a minimum, and if they were told, they wouldn't let the president know that they were aware of at least the parameters of what was going to take and took place at Mar-a-Lago, period. There's no way. These people lie all the time. They lie about espionage on Trump. They lie about the FISA court and lie to the FISA court. They use their media propagandists, the corrupt media, to lie on their behalf to the American people for which they get Pulitzer Prizes. This is a big damn deal. And there's not a Republican in America, not a Republican in America who shouldn't be outraged or said more properly, every Republican in America should be outraged because this is a war, not just to get Trump, but it's a war against the entire. If you're not a Democrat, if you're not part of the radical left, 
This is a war against you. Now, there's a lot of other important issues going on here, and I want to touch a few more before we uh, take a break, but at least one more. We're learning here that Mike Pompeo, and we had inklings of this before, and John Bolton uh, were targets of an Iranian assassination plot. It says here, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, former National Security Advisor John Bolton, were both targeted in an Iranian assassination plot. On Wednesday, the Department of Justice charged a member of Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps in connection with a plot to murder Bolton, who was part of the Trump administration. The charging documents unsealed Wednesday, today, referenced an unnamed second target. Turns out that was Pompeo. The Justice Department reached out to the former Secretary of State last week to notify him of the plot and upcoming charges unsealed on Wednesday. And so they've been given additional protection. He's the one most at risk because of his frequent travel and because of his potential run in 2024, 24, his source said, and that's Pompeo. Yahoo News previously reported the U.S. government believes Iran wants to assassinate current and former U.S. officials, including Pompeo. The charging documents accuse a member of Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard, Sharam Porsafi, a.k.a. Mehdi Razi, a.k.a. Yabadaba, of trying to pay someone 300000 to kill Bolton. He discussed paying $1 million to kill Pompeo. If Pompeo decides to run for president or doesn't decide to run for president, there won't be anyone in the United States who keeps him from running. It will be the Chinese or the Iranians, a source close to Pompeo said. So there you have it. So I have a question. I have a question. This, this story has been reported all day. And nobody's asked this question, including of, of Joe Biden. Why are we negotiating with the Iranians at this point? Apart from the fact that they've already got nuclear technology and have violated everything we've agreed to with them. Why are we re- negotiating with the Iranians who put a hit out on a former secretary of state and a former national security advisor? What kind of a country does that? That to me is shocking. This is an act of war. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an act of war. When you have another government, their military, that is attempting to assassinate a former American Secretary of State, and National Security Advisor? That is an act of war. Why are we sitting down at a table and negotiating still with this regime? Ask yourselves that question. My God. There's no deterrence from them doing anything. And by the way, the communist Chinese hear about this. The fascistic uh, regime in Kremlin, they hear about this. All the goons and genocidal maniacs all over the world, they hear about this. Why are we negotiating with the Iranians 
when they put an assassination hit out on the former Secretary of State and former National Security Advisor. Why? Somebody answer that. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You know, in uh, American Marxism, as well as other books, I've written about the totalitarian method of using language, changing words. Um, as a way of controlling thought and controlling debate and controlling reality. I'm not the first to write about this. There have been some great scholars who've written about this too when they are writing about and describing totalitarianism and Marxism and fascism. We've talked about it on this program for 20 years. But again, in American Marxism and elsewhere, I've written about it. And so the word freedom, as I explained the other week, is not taken in its true nature. Freedom, for the totalitarian, is a word that's used to promote tyranny, collectivism, centralization, the power of the regime. That is the only way through which you can actually find your personal fulfillment. And I believe I wrote most extensively about this in Rediscovering Americanism and the Tyranny of Progressivism. But we've talked about it forever. And again, I'm not the only one. There have been many scholars who've pointed this out, including people who have lived through horrendous genocides. Language. Language. And that was on full display today. So the inflation rate year to year was 8.5%. That is bad. Well, it went down a little. That is bad. That is a stubborn inflation. It was 9.1. Now it's 8.5. I mean, when Obama took over, what was it? 2%? 1.5%? When Biden took over. But I say Obama, what's the difference? So now, in this report, you see, it says month-to-month inflation did not grow. 
Now, it didn't go down in any significant way, but it didn't grow. And so you're looking year to year, not month to month. And so what does Biden do? What does Harris do? What do their surrogates do? They're all running around today and saying, we had zero inflation in July. We had zero inflation in July. Eggs are up 37%. I can go all down the list. I won't bore you. You live it. But in fact, we did have inflation in July. 8.5% year to year. Last month, 9.1% year to year. It's been consistent and it's been high. But they want you to believe we've had zero. Let's start this. Cut one, Mr. Producer. Go. Before I begin today, I want to say a word about the news that came out today relative to the economy. Actually, I just want to say a number. Zero. Today, we received news that our economy had zero percent inflation in the month of July. Zero percent. Here's what that means. While the price of some things go up, went up last month, the price of other things went down by the same amount. The result, zero inflation last month. But people are still hurting. But zero inflation last month. All right, so stop. So they're redefining. Just like redefining recession. Just like redefining, as we talk about women. Redefining inflation. Now we had zero inflation. Because some prices went up, some prices went down, month to month, not year to year. And I need to dig into this more when we come back, because every one of these morons on TV will be regurgitating that point. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. The price of eggs year to year has gone up 38%. The price of butter and margarine year to year has gone up 26.4%. The price of coffee has gone up 20.3%. The price of poultry has gone up 16.6%. Snacks have gone up 16.5%. Milk, 15.6%. Double-digit inflation. All across every food category. Bread, 13.7% up. Fruits and vegetables up 9.3%. Beef and veal up 3.4%. I don't know where they're getting their beef and veal. All food, all told, up almost 11% year to year. 
And Biden's out there saying 0% inflation. 0% inflation. It's outrageous. And they're up month to month, if you want to look at that. 1.1%. And the media are there supporting them. Overall inflation dropped to 8.5% annually. 8.5% annually? Dropped? That just means it dropped from 9.1%. So we've gone from a 43-year high to a 40-year high. Do you feel relieved, ladies and gentlemen? Now, here's the problem. As I keep pointing out, the problem is stagflation. Stagflation. That is inflation with recession. The economy is not growing. It's shrinking. Our farmers have already warned us what's going to happen. Our farmers have already warned us what's going to happen. Why? Because of the price of fertilizer, among other things. And the price of feed for livestock. It's through the roof. The consequences have yet to come in full view. That is, to affect you fully yet. But they will. Now, I went to the largest supermarket in my area. I went to the largest supermarket in my area two days ago. I walked through the aisles intentionally, one after another. That's how I got my exercise. Damn things is bigger than a football field. And there were empty shelves. There were empty shelves. And not just empty of baby formula. Condiments. All kinds of condiments missing. Cereals missing. Various juices, fruit juices, or other juices like V8. They didn't have any of that. The signs were back. Take one package of the paper towels, one package of the toilet paper. It was obvious. And in your own lives, you see the same damn thing. Ford has just announced a massive increase in the price of their electric Ford 150s, I think, $8,500. So this is what's going on. The price of fuel is going down for one major reason, because you are driving less. Turns out you're purchasing less gasoline. You're purchasing less gasoline. So this is temporary in terms of the price of fuel. People say, you got to tell us about the good news. I'm telling you what I know. And I'm using my noggin. Now, food happens to be a necessity. You die without it. So when they add up, you know, the price of perfume and cologne and the price of this and the price of that, and then they deduct 
the negative side of the food, and they say, oh, zero inflation month to month. What good does that do you? doesn't even make any sense, does it? So we're also being told, have you watched this on TV today? That what took place at Mar-a-Lago was not a raid. It was a judge or magistrate authorized warrant an investigation. Not a raid. No, I've been around a little while. I was uh, chief of staff to an attorney general, as you know. We would call it a raid. Of course it's a raid. You're going through Melania Trump's closet and her private things? Why would they do that? They say they have an insider. They have a mole. They have a mole at Mar-a-Lago? Tell me, is there a mole of any of the five mansions that the Obamas own? Is there a mole in any of the mansions that the Clintons own in Westchester? Is there a mole in any of the homes that the Bush family owns or the Cheney family? What do they mean there's a mole? There's a mole at Mar-a-Lago at the home of the president, the former president of the United States? An FBI informant. An informant about what? Just think about this. A former president who's guilty of nothing, nothing, nothing. He's tried everything, the Emoluments Act, for God's sakes. They had a criminal investigation. They could go into anything they want. Nothing. Two phony impeachments. What did they come up with? Nothing. A phony dossier. Nothing. Russia collusion, nothing. Zippo, the most investigated human being to ever, to ever walk the planet, still being investigated. No, it's a routine, uh, it's a routine, you know, event here that took place. We're just looking for documents that belong to the federal government, that's all. Just looking for documents. Have you noticed the Obamas have never faced any kind of investigation whatsoever? They're walking around. They're worth like half a billion dollars. Selling their names. Selling their celebrity. Whooping it up with the media. Two perfect, perfect human beings. Nobody wants to look at their taxes. No. No local Republican prosecutors interested in any of it. No, of course not. Joe Biden, same thing. No, no, no. Well, Joe Biden. We have a sitting president who's a crook. His family is a crime family. It's been bought and paid for by at least three governments. He's the sitting president. No criminal investigation, no state investigation, no local investigation, no media investigation. Well, what about Hunter? I'm not talking about Hunter. Screw Hunter. I'm talking about Biden, the guy in the Oval Office. Nothing. And there's plenty to go with. It's all out there. 
Same with his violations of his oath of office. He won't enforce the immigration laws. That's a violation of the Constitution. Nobody even talks about impeachment. Nobody. The guy is a walking, talking mannequin. He's a moron. Was a moron before he lost his screws. He's still a moron with loose screws. And the media doesn't talk about the 25th Amendment. And actually, that's why it's there for a guy like him. Where other people are apparently running our government. Like Susan Rice, among others. Nothing. They are still obsessed with Donald Trump. If this doesn't demonstrate to you how crooked and corrupt and tyrannical these bastards are, nothing will. And now they're leaking to Newsweek to try and create the narrative because the Attorney General's in hiding. The President just flew off on another trip with Dr. Jill and with his son. I don't know if They brought any prostitutes or any drugs. I just know that that's what happened. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Right now, every business is trying to nickel and dime you. How much can they squeeze you to offset their increasing costs? It's a mess. That's why I love Pure Talk, my wireless company, and I want it to be your wireless company. Pure Talk drew the line in the sand and said, stop screwing over the American public. So when you sign up with Pure Talk this month, you're going to get their best ever offer, one month free, one month free. You can lock in talk, text, and data on America's most reliable 5G network for just 30 bucks a month. Plus, get one month free when you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com and enter code Levin Podcast for this special offer. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast. Need another reason? When you choose Pure Talk, you're choosing to support American jobs. You're choosing to support a company whose CEO is a U.S. veteran. And with Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret it. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and get one month free. Stephanie Rule at MSNBC is as dumb as she looks. She is a useless, pathetic waste of time, and um, consistently so. As our friends at Newsbusters caught this from her yesterday on the word raid. Cut seven, go. We keep hearing a lot of people call what the FBI did at Mar-a-Lago a raid. But for fact's sake, here's the deal. Law enforcement doesn't even use the term raid. So what actually happened? The Justice Department applied for and got a court-authorized search warrant that gave them lawful authority to enter Trump's home. That and was they consistent. raided his home. And they grabbed everything they could. And they went into the former first lady's closet and went through a wardrobe. Care if they got a warrant under the Fourth Amendment under an outrageous judge? Who cares? This was intended to try and humiliate Trump and the first lady. This is intended to find information, yes, related to 
the Presidential Records Act, but even more so anything else they could find, January 6th tax returns. They get one shot. They wanted to make sure Trump wasn't there. And he wasn't. This was in planning for weeks. It involved two, at least, offices of the Federal Bureau of Investigation in Washington and South Florida. They want you to believe the Attorney General knew nothing about it. That's just not believable. We don't have to believe anything these people say because they lie like a rug. Don't use the word raid. No, don't use that. Don't use the word woman. The language. American Marxism. Words are banned, so you can't even communicate with each other. First Amendment under attack, so you can't communicate with each other. High-tech oligarchs throwing people off their sites after sucking them in, so you can't even communicate with each other. A media that does not believe in reporting, it believes in propaganda, so you don't know what's going on. And then you even have sleazeballs like Stephen Colbert, who has destroyed, he and the two other stooges have destroyed nighttime comedy, which used to really be a blast, but it's, it's disgusting. These are stupid people who need 10 comic writers in order to cut a joke. Cut six, go. It may be hot outside, but in here, it's Christmas. Because yesterday, we all got the present we wanted. FBI agents raided Mar-a-Lago. There you go. There you go. He's really a dumbass. You know, in the past, we used to invite him on the show. He never would come on the show. What he must have produced. We even had invited John Leibowitz on the show, but he insisted I come on his show first. Remember that? Do you remember that? That I go on his TV show? I said, no, no, we asked first. You come on my radio show first. Well, he wouldn't. Stephen Colbert is a coward. He's destroyed comedy. He's a coward. Because he does all that requires him to do. The Democrat Party line. He's a woker. That's it. He'll never buck that party and he'll never buck the ideology. Absolute coward. It's one of the reasons Gutfeld's show does so well. You know, for the first time, I hate to say this, because I don't watch a ton of TV late at night, but I watched Gutfeld straight through the other night, Mr. Producer. It was funny. I really liked it. Again, since this Colbert's been around, (coughs) but I finally did. And I should have watched it earlier. I'm being honest. I don't have to pat him on the head. He does his thing. It was very, very funny. Colbert is not funny. He's a moron. He's repetitive. By the way, there is a writer at Mediate. I think his name is Michael Luciano. Isn't that his first name, Mr. Producer? It's not lucky, Luciano, is it? Anyway, uh, Luciano. 
And today he basically accused Fox News and all its hosts of encouraging violence against the Attorney General of the United States. That's what he says. Essentially, that's what the headline says. So if you condemn what's taking place in Mar-a-Lago, you are promoting violence. This is the problem. And this thing, Mediaite, is supposed to be sort of a media... I don't know what it is. It is a... uh, It's sort of a bastardized schizophrenic operation under Dan Abrams. But let me be utterly clear about this. Pull this up because I said... Who is this punk that would go so far as to make an allegation like that? It's really quite amazing. Fox News reports significant increase in death threats against Garland, Ray, and FBI agents after network hosts bashed them over Mar-a-Lago raid. So that's the test? You bash, quote-unquote, Garland, Ray, and these... FBI agents? And you're responsible for violence? Did they write that about Schumer? Of course not. Do they ever write that about AOC? No, of course not. I want to get this guy's name. I don't remember it here. I did just post on it. Well, let's see. It is, uh, oh yes, Michael Luciano. When you're working for Mediaite or Media Matters, you really start at the bottom. You really have to start at the bottom. The fecal matter bottom of the totem pole. And then you try and crawl your way up and claw your way up. And I predict one day Michael Luciano will be a senior editor at the New York Slimes. Because they like guys like this. Because they ignore tyranny too, going all the way back to Stalin. I'll be right back. Right now, every business is trying to nickel and dime you. How much can they squeeze you to offset their increasing costs? It's a mess. That's why I love Pure Talk, my wireless company. And I want it to be your wireless company. Pure Talk drew the line in the sand and said, stop screwing over the American public. So when you sign up with Pure Talk this month, you're going to get their best ever offer. One month free. One month free. You can lock in talk, text, and data on America's most reliable 5G network for just 30 bucks a month. Plus, get one month free when you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com and enter code Levin Podcast for this special offer. That's L E V I N Podcast. Need another reason? When you choose Pure Talk, you're choosing to support American jobs. You're choosing to support a company whose CEO is a U.S. veteran. And with Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret it. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. That's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and get one month free. The Mark Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. I might as well comment on it. It's no big deal, Mr. Producer. I was on Hannity last night. Um, and Sean invites me on, and I go on, and I, I like to know them, let them know. I like to ask and know how much time I have, so you know I don't go over the the clock. But on the other hand, I can think about what I want to say before and prioritize it. I don't have any preparation or anything like that, but I, 
I want to be uh, uh, within the time frame. So the producer says six minutes. I said, okay. So we have our own clock, and we put six minutes on it in my studio. So I can keep an eye on it out of the corner of my eye so as not to go over my time. Well, the music starts about a minute before. You know, it's starting, it's, it's running up to five minutes, not six. And I was in the middle of saying something. Something uh, related to the topic that I was asked to discuss. And so, the music starts... I'm in the middle of a point, even though the producer had said six minutes. So I stopped. I said a couple of things, but I stopped. And that was that. It wasn't Sean. It was the producer. They didn't handle their clock properly, in my humble opinion. No controversy. No worries. Uh, My reaction was an honest, truthful reaction. <clears throat> and uh, and that was that. So it's no big deal. No big deal. In fact, it's kind of funny. You want to know the truth? But it caught the attention of Michael Lucky Luciano, and he wrote about it on Mediaite, Mister Producer. What do they pay these guys? Now, there's several million people watching. Why do we need Mediaite with 12 people? Telling us what we already know. Because they get hits. The more hits they get, the more crazy headlines they use, the more money they make. So they're just as corrupt and creepy and ideological as the old media that they claim to be monitoring. And they're very much like Media Matters now, just trashing one conservative after another, and the same conservatives over and over and over again. And this is a, a website founded by Dan Abrams. You may know Dan Abrams. He's all over. Is it A&E, Mr. Producer? He's got the court show. He's got the cop show. He's got the this show. He's got the that show. He pretends to be sort of a mainstream journalist of sorts. And I do need to give him credit. I need to give credit where credit is due. That full head toupee he has on the top of his head, Mr. Producer, it's really good. It really is good. I don't know how many squirrels I had to kill to make that thing, but I'm going to tell you, that is a good full head toupee. Danny, I just want to give you all the credit in the world. But you could do a little better in hiring people on your staff. They are such punks. It's just, I don't know what else to call them. But I do have fun using them as a foil. Same with Media Matters. It is literally fun. And when you look at these, these individuals, these comics and so forth, these major corporations, like the ones I'm talking about, or the corporations that own MSNBC, CNN. They've made a decision. They've made a decision to write you off. They do not want you as viewers. They do not want you in the audience. They do not want you as customers. It's that simple. 
they've decided to play towards one-third of the American population. That's all. One-third of the American population. So I would encourage you. We have something in common with them. And that is, don't watch them. Don't use the products that they promote. And find people and places that you can enjoy. Not that they necessarily agree with you or you with them, but the day-in and day-out litany is monotonous from so-called comics. So-called comics. Project Veritas. This is a big deal, too. I've got so much to get to here. Project Veritas. Great organization. I know they're under constant attack. I got it. Lisa Murkowski is a reprobate, in my humble opinion. She is bought and paid for by the National Education Association and the American Federation of Teachers. She opposes school choice. She defends this union, those unions. Uh, I'm sorry, but I cannot accept that. She also succeeded, she and her Republican operatives in changing the voting system in Alaska to um, to help her. She hopes to win the election. She's sort of Mark Elias uh, in a dress. And that's pretty much what went on here. And so Murkowski staffers say Murkowski supports plans to win ballot measure two that is the rank voting system, in order to improve her chances to win the seat. This is how sleazy they are in Washington. This is why they hate you, they hated Reagan, and they hate Trump. Anyway, take a listen. Cut 10. You're going to hear Emma Ashlock, Murkowski's campaign coordinator, and Josiah Nash, her campaign interior coordinator. I didn't know she had an interior designer. Cut 10, go. They say the race is going to come down to Kelly Chewbacca and Senator Murkowski. So anyone who votes for Pat Chesbro first and ranks Senator Murkowski second, that vote is going to become a vote for Senator Murkowski. So ballot measure two is her key to winning. Yeah. While we were working on ballot measure two and voting for ballot measure two, we have Senator Murkowski in mind the whole time. Every single Pat Chesbro voter who ranks Senator Murkowski second, we get their votes. Did she sponsor that? She stayed quiet, and honestly, it was probably best she stayed quiet on that. Ballot Measure 2 asks voters to pick second and third choice candidates in addition to their favorite, and those preferences are counted if no one wins a majority. Some people's ballots don't end up counting in the final results. And between you and me, Ballot Measure 2 was actually created, I, I think it was created for two reasons. Number one, it was created because there were people in the state who wanted to see a better system but they also want to leave so they get reelected. Our comms director, his name is Shay. He was the comms director for Route Measure 2. That was his job previously, so that's how we know him. I would just talk to Shay, honestly, just about um, his experience with Ballot Measure 2 and, vote, and voting reform. I would limit Excellent. your conversation to just that, because it's probably not I understand. appropriate to say anything else. Yeah, yeah. So he can't say too much. Like, I can't say too much, but I just, 
I trust you, you know. I just, will say, like, it, right. it benefits coalition-style right. candidates, and she's definitely a coalition-style candidate. Did she sponsor that? She stayed quiet, and honestly, it was probably best she stayed quiet on that. I think she, like, technically stayed neutral, but, like, you know, behind <laughs> they framed it basically, you know, this, this gives you more choice. This makes us way better candidates. If it was a progressive measure, it wouldn't um, really work. We're being strategic with our messaging, walking a fine line, I guess that's what I'm saying, um, to try to get her elected. She's definitely getting in the primary with the ranked choice voting. And it'll also help us in the general, too. Big time. If we can get people to do that, then we have it in the bag. Get people to do that, we have it in the bag. So they want to pass this measure. They've done this in other places like California that helped the left. And so in California, you're typically left with the one and two candidates, both Democrats. What Murkowski's doing here is saying, hey, look, you don't have to vote for me for number one. Just vote for me for number two. You can vote for my opponent, number one. Just vote for me for number two. That's what she's doing, and she's telling people to do that because she doesn't really believe in the system, does she? So they're, this is what Murkowski has done. They fixed the system. She's going to get a fortunate contributions out of Washington. She's going to have the NEA and AFT work in every precinct in the state of Alaska. She has these built-in incumbent advantages. Then she changes the voting system or is going to change the voting system, pretending she's not involved at all, you see. And that's this ranked choice voting system. As is pointed out, as you just heard, but also at Post Millennial, which is a great site, too. Ranked choice voting has voters select their first, second and third choice person on the ballot if a candidate wins first choice by a majority of the votes, they would be declared the winner. If no majority is reached and you have multiple candidates running right now, the person with the lowest first choice votes is eliminated, and the votes from those who voted for the eliminated candidate have their second choice vote added. So she's telling people, put me as the second. If you're not going to vote for me, number one, vote for me, number two. And people say, okay, what the hell? That's the system they're enshrining because she's a sleazeball. All these self-righteous liberal Republicans, you look at the Chris Christie's, you look at the Whitman's. What else? There's so many of them out there. They're in the end, the Kasich's, they're all self-serving. They can't win the old fashioned way. And they rely on a media to help project them to project them. That's why Liz Cheney's only spent half of the $13 million on her house seat. She's keeping the other half to run for president. And the vast majority of her money's coming out of Washington, D.C., and the vast majority of that's coming out of Northern Virginia, where she was raised, outside of Washington, D.C., by her father who's running around calling Trump a coward. Although I don't remember how courageous he was. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
Right now, every business is trying to nickel and dime you. How much can they squeeze you to offset their increasing costs? It's a mess. That's why I love Pure Talk, my wireless company, and I want it to be your wireless company. Pure Talk drew the line in the sand and said, stop screwing over the American public. So when you sign up with Pure Talk this month, you're going to get their best ever offer, one month free, one month free. You can lock in talk, text, and data on America's most reliable 5G network, for just 30 bucks a month. Plus, get one month free when you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com and enter code Levin Podcast for this special offer. That's L E V I N Podcast. Need another reason? When you choose Pure Talk, you're choosing to support American jobs. You're choosing to support a company whose CEO is a U.S. veteran. And with Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret it. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and get one month free. I see WABC is... Uh celebrating its 100th anniversary, 100 years. Can you imagine that? And uh, what is this, an RSV? This is an invitation, Mr. Producer? Just for me? Um, There's a lot of people in that picture there. You notice? Very, very cool. Try to knock Mr. Producer off stride there. Try to confuse him and so forth. Mr. Producer, do we have a a good caller, a top class gold star, I mean a, a gold medal caller, please? In Milford, Connecticut, the great WABC, our buddy Lou. Lou, how are you? Fine, thank you, Mark. Uh, as a veteran of a thousand uh, search warrant executions, probably a third of them I uh, wrote the affidavit. That fiasco at uh, Mar-a-Lago was a raid by every definition. I told Richie I was very disturbed with the photograph in the New York Post of armed FBI agents with long guns at the ready in a place where there's no reasonable expectation of an issue and where the Secret Service resides and protects the president. You've got two agencies, two law enforcement agencies there, and one of them chose to break out the long guns. I just think that's unprofessional, unwarranted. One of the search warrants that I, I wrote, Mark, was for an attorney's office. He had evidence in a case, which I subsequently got out of his office. But I went there with a single inspector from the state's attorney's office, just the two of us. That was not a raid. And we were looking for paperwork evidence. What they did just is distressing on so many levels, and the FBI has to be held to account. Mm-hmm. Isn't it funny? They don't want us to call it a raid. We see what happened with our own eyes. I mean, it, 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 uh, we're, not, we're not playing games here. We're not going to go along. All right, my friend. Thanks, Lou. We appreciate it. A big final hour. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you a question. Did you know withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government. And they report any behavior they think is suspicious. It's true. And I was shocked when I read the secret war on cash from Swiss America. 
The new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. So you need to read The War on Cash. Get your free copy by calling 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. Now, this war on cash is growing daily and also includes all forms of digital money. Please get and read The Secret War on Cash free to my listeners by calling now, 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Later in the hour, we'll have our friend who has received a Mark Levin Award for actual journalism, Julie Kelly, to comment on what she's seen. And she's been really fantastic on January 6th and so forth. And speaking of, this committee, this January 6th committee, this Justice Department... The U.S. Attorney in Washington, D.C., they are so committed to influencing elections, it's really unbelievable. They are conducting a broad-based war, I would argue, using the law to kill the law and apply it to as many Republicans as possible. You saw Scott Perry had his phone taken from him the day after the raid on Mar-a-Lago. Scott Perry, a congressman and a veteran from Pennsylvania. And here we have, from Penn Live, a Pennsylvania outfit, Pennsylvania Governor candidate Doug Mastriano shuts down January 6th committee deposition in dispute over recording and rules. I'm not the biggest fan of this guy, but that's not the point. Pennsylvania's Republican candidate for governor abruptly ended a scheduled deposition with the House Select Committee investigating the circumstances surrounding the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol by supporters of former President Donald Trump. You see, they're just going after political figures who questioned the election, who wanted the legislature to do something about it in Pennsylvania and these other states, who dared to use the constitutional processes to pursue their objectives. And they're trying to criminalize the whole thing. He plans to go to court, does Mastriano, with a direct challenge to the committee's deposition authority. His attorney, Timothy Parlator, told Penn Live, we want a federal judge to weigh in on whether this committee is required to follow rules or not. He said that Mastriano's scheduled online deposition ended in less than 15 minutes Tuesday morning after his attorney, Parlator, declared the committee staffers conducting the session were not in compliance with the U.S. House rules governing depositions. Committee staffers, he said, started to ask Mastriano a question anyway. Parlator said he noted that they'd never sworn the witness in, and then they left the session. 
He had suggested Monday this might happen if the committee's attorneys continue to refuse Mastriano's request to make his own recording of the closed-door testimony. Something Palator said Mastriano felt is necessary to avoid releases. Now, they are preventing people. They are preventing people from recording the sessions. Why? For exactly the reason this attorney says. They cherry-pick what's in there. They put parts of it out. And if you're a witness, you don't have to put up with this. You don't have to tolerate this from a committee that at least theoretically has as its constitutional responsibility legislative oversight. So they're going after the Republican who's running for governor of Pennsylvania. Just as as they went after a candidate who was running in the Republican primary for governor of Michigan, all of a sudden. All of a sudden, they, uh, I forget the guy's name in Michigan, but all of a sudden, they grabbed him. Just as they're going after Scott Perry, just as they went after Kevin McCarthy, Jim Jordan, and so many other Republicans. And now, of course, what they've done with Trump. This is really uh, quite amazing. Primary problem, he said, is the key witness protection elements rest with the Minority party members, those protections are missing in this committee. Since McCarthy's choices to serve on the panel were never accepted by Pelosi. Which means, of course, they have no ranking minority member and no minority staff. Aside from the promised court challenge, Mastriano's move also sets up the select committee, which may hold him in contempt. And you know the rest of the story. Because if they have their way, if they have their way, they do not want this guy to become the governor of Pennsylvania. So they're going to taint this process. And they're doing this throughout the country. This phony committee. It's really quite troubling. Bernie Sanders. How old is Bernie now? He's about... 107, I don't know what he is. But he's on CNN today. And they ask him if he'll support Joe Biden if Joe Biden runs in 2024. Cut nine, go. You want to see President Biden, the senator, run for a second term. Well, what I want to see right now is that the Congress of the United States working with President Biden next year develop an agenda that says to working families, and the elderly and the kids, we understand your pain and that we have the guts to take on the big money and trust at a time when we have more income and wealth inequality than any other major country. on earth. So stop so right I- there. We've spent more than could possibly be spent in the rest of human history in the past. You see what we've done. The centralization of government. You see the redistribution of wealth. You see the just massive debt. And you see what he says? It's like nothing's happened. The big money interests. Who the hell are the big money interests? The government's the big money interest. We have more income and wealth inequality than any other major country on earth. I guess he's not familiar with communist China, the difference between the haves and the have-nots. Or communist Cuba. Or communist Venezuela. 
I guess he's not familiar with these places. Or his, his friends in the Kremlin in Russia. But you see, it doesn't matter how much we spend, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't matter how much propaganda is taught to your children. It doesn't matter how many illegal immigrants come into the country. It will always be said that America is unequal and worse than any other country in this regard. It'll always be said that we can't meet Bernie Sanders' standards because Bernie Sanders hates America. He hates America. He hates capitalism. He hates the Constitution. That's the truth. Go ahead. He phrased the question, do you want to see him run for re-election? Look, right now my concern is electing more Democrats in this midterm election so we can finally address uh, the yeah, needs. Yeah, we understand. We understand. That's your concern. Of course, that's the concern of the media, too. They want to elect more Democrats, too. Now, I want you to keep something in mind. People who are Marxists or people who claim to be socialists or people who want to take out this country, like the AOCs and so forth, none of them are in the Republican Party. They're all Democrats. And if they're not Democrats, they all vote Democrat. Think about this. You think there's a single person in Antifa if they vote that votes Republican? The funny thing also is the white supremacists, the neo-Nazis, they hate both parties. I mean, these are really sick bastards, and they've threatened me in the past. But they hate both parties. But when it comes to the Marxists, just an observation, and the socialists and, and others, they all vote Democrat. Bernie Sanders votes Democrat. And uh, as I say, keep that in mind. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Julie Kelly is the best of the best. She's courageous. She is a careful reporter. She goes where other reporters won't go, tracking what's been going on with the with the D.C. gulag and so many people who did not commit acts of violence, who are serving time and having their lives ruined. Julie, first of all, there's been three individuals who've committed suicide, correct? Yes. Yes, three people charged by this DOJ related to January 6th who have committed suicide. Uh, one man just a few weeks ago. And these weren't violent people, were they? No, they were not violent people. Um, the last two, Mark Angst, I believe. Angst is how you spell his last name um, or pronounce it. I am uh, have not reached out to the family yet, wanted to give them some time, but he was not charged with any violence, uh, nor was Matthew Perna, who I know you and I have spoken about, who hanged himself in his garage in February when he found out that this uh, abusive, vengeful DOJ was going to seek sentencing enhancements against him that would put him in jail for years. 
put him in jail for years. It's really quite unbelievable. Now you see what they've done to President Trump. You can see the leaks coming out to try and give cover to uh, the Attorney General. Uh, we shouldn't believe those leaks, should we, Julie Kelly? We should not. Um, but I do want to underscore Merrick Garland is sort of like Joe Biden. The person running the show is Lisa Monaco, the Deputy, the Deputy Attorney, Attorney General. General. Yep. Longtime Obama loyalist, Russian collusion hoax architect. And she is attempting to finish what they started in 2016 with Crossfire Hurricane. Remind us who she is. So she was Robert Mueller's chief of staff when he was FBI director. Uh, then she was in the Department of Justice with Obama under the uh, Obama in the Obama White House. And her last position was Department of Homeland uh, Security or his Homeland Security Advisor. But she was very close with Obama. Um, and she was instrumental in organizing the Russia collusion hoax. She is the one who announced the bogus John Brennan ICA, the Intelligence Community Assessment, the claim that Putin interfered in the election to help Donald Trump and hurt Hillary Clinton. After that, she spent four years at CNN uh, attacking Donald Trump and his supporters. And then she was nominated for Deputy Attorney General and won the votes of 48 Republican senators who helped put her in charge of this DOJ. So I'll never understand the, uh, the insanity and the self-sabotage of these Republicans in the face of this tyranny. It's unbelievable. There's no question she would have known about this, and I believe the Attorney General, too, but there's no question she would have known, would not have known, excuse me, that she would have known, correct? Absolutely. Would she not have known? She is probably the one helping to pull the strings here. I mean, it's been widely reported in the media that Lisa Monaco is really handling the January 6th investigation, which, of course, this relates to. Um, but the other person who we need to call out is Matthew Graves, who is the D.C. U.S. attorney. Mm -hmm. He is the man who is prosecuting 850 plus Americans, bringing new charges against people every week. Um, and, of course, uh, signed off on the uh, criminal complaints against Peter Navarro and Steve Bannon. Um, he's a Biden campaign advisor. His wife runs a far left-wing radical uh, non-for-profit, non legal non-for-profit in D.C. So these are the people who are in charge of what's happening right now. Um, and I don't know, Mark, do you think we finally got the attention of some Republican lawmakers who have tried to ignore this now for at least the past 19 months? I still think there's some like McConnell who had to be pressured to issue what I thought was a weak and pathetic statement. And until they uh, broom him out of there and put in somebody else, I think we're in for a problem. Same with Cornyn. Cornyn said this is thin gruel. Those are the two words that he could muster. It's more than thin gruel. It is a disgusting disgrace. The problem is, Julie, as you know, these same Republicans hate Donald Trump as much as the media and the Democrats, don't they? Yes. So to your point, they don't want to do anything to fuel the outrage and how this really could backfire against the Biden regime and this DOJ. So they're going to stay as low key as they possibly can. I mean, these and aside from that, have we even heard from Mitt Romney? Where's Ben Sass? 
isn't he on the mm-hmm. Judiciary Committee? I mean, where are these people? They're the first ones to pipe up. Donald Trump, you know, posted a, a mean tweet. But here we are with the full out flagrant, shameless politicization of the DOJ and FBI, and you can't even get a peep out of them. Yeah, and uh, while you're at it, where is Collins? Where is Murkowski? Where are the usuals, right? That's right. right. Nothing. I mean, these are the same people, the Senate Judiciary Committee, who let Chris Ray leave after three and a half hours of testimony, said he had to catch a flight, and it turns out he was catching our taxpayer-paid G5 so he could go to the Andorondacks for a long weekend. It is shocking what this guy gets away with. He he is, there's something about him that is really uh, detestable. It, it may be a snide personality or the way he looks down on other people, the way he mumbles. What is it about him? <laughs> you know, at least Jim Comey, you could just, you know, he, he didn't try to hide anything. He was just a full-out arrogant um political partisan player ray i think he tries to act the part you know and he like you said he mumbles these platitudes rule of law and fbi and we're not you know equal standard of justice blah 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 um and i think he really thinks he's fooling people i think that's what uh is the most galling about just at least his personality this uh, michael graves this u.s attorney what what does what group does his wife Run, do you know the name of the group? Um, sorry, his name is so it's Matthew Graves. Matthew Graves just confirmed in October of twenty twenty one. He has accelerated this prosecution. They changed the name of it from the Capital Breach Probe to the Capital Siege Probe as soon as he took over. Um, and his wife runs, I believe it's called the Women's Legal uh, National Legal Center. I, I can't think of the name right now. Um, it's close but enough. Her name is Fatima, Fatima Goss Graves. Look her up on MSNBC. She's a frequent contributor. Oh, she's another um, one. Yes, she is. F- Fatima what? Goss Graves. G-O-S-S Graves. And her group was instrumental in pushing the uh, nomination of Katanji Brown Jackson. The incestuous nature of Washington, D.C. is part of the problem, isn't it? It's the National Women's Law Center. You're right. They are radical left um, on a gender-based misconduct uh, on, uh, not misconduct, but gender on uh, on sexuality. I want to get into this a little bit with you, if you can hold on. Environmental justice. We're with uh, Julie Kelly. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? 
Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin-Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin-Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Mark Levin, America's... Think Tank. And you can call him at 877-381-3811. Julie Kelly, when you look at the Department of Justice, you see in all these top political positions, Obama people. You look at the uh, Assistant Attorney General for Civil Rights, she is a bigot, she is a radical, she's an Obama person. You just explained the Deputy Attorney General of the United States, a radical... A, a a political hack in the Obama administration who uh, who was a commentator on cable TV. You look at uh, the U.S. attorney, Matthew Graves. I just looked up his wife. His wife is a radical. Her organization is radical. Um, and as you point out, she is a commentator. He was a commentator. They're all anti-Trump. They're all extraordinarily uh, political. And now we have the criminalization of politics here, the criminalization of politics. They all have to kind of be coordinating and working together, don't they? They do. They absolutely do. And they are. And of course, they're also working with the January 6th Select Committee, mm-hmm. hand in hand. And what I suspect next, aside from eventual indictment against Donald Trump, is that these thousand plus witness transcripts that the committee has produced will go into the hands of the DOJ, where they will stay, will not be made public despite promises that this was part of the deal of this committee. It will be considered evidence and will not see the light of day by the American public. Um, And the reason is is because there is information in there that the committee does not want us to have, which is exculpatory and which is problematic for their narrative, correct? Absolutely correct. I mean, we could see the chopped up clips that they produced of these interviews. So if anyone grabbed someone's testimony and, you know, contrasted it with whatever clip the ABC, former ABC producer put together for Liz Cheney and Benny Thompson, you know, that's uh, that would be a contradiction. But, you know, Mark, what would what will it matter at that point? This is why the Democrats are so good at what they do. They set the narrative early, just like they did about January 6th. And it doesn't matter what facts are revealed in the interim. Um, that's that's what sticks with the media and, and half the country, this deranged base of Democratic voters who just have bloodlust. And they want to see not just Donald Trump in handcuffs and in jail, but all of us. And that's how these prosecutors act, too. I, you know, I don't want to sound soft, Mark, but how do we fix something like this? I mean, 
isn't it you slash their budgets and you have a massive reduction in force and you clean them out and then you start all over again and at the highest levels and even at the medium levels of the of these uh, departments I mean I think the festering sore is this DCOS attorney's office it should not be funded all it really does is go after a political opponents republicans political opponents of the democratic party should not have one Republican sign off to give it any federal funding. Um, but you have DOJ who's asking for a huge boost raise next year to hire at least a hundred new prosecutors, part-time prosecutors, excuse me, temporary prosecutors only to work on January 6th cases. The FBI wants a $530 million raise next year. How many Senate Republicans do you think are going to put up a fuss about that? Oh, it's so pathetic. And you're, and you're so right. The power of the budget is the power to do a lot. It's even to influence mm-hmm. personnel. And they could abolish, truth be told, some of these offices at the Department of Justice, quite frankly. What is the job of the U.S. Attorney in Washington, D.C.? Do they, they, I guess in part it's the, uh, I guess it's to handle uh, certain types of crimes in Washington, D.C., right? It does. It acts as, it's very unique. It's actually the biggest, I believe, the biggest U.S. attorney's office in the country. Um, it handles both local issue, local crimes in Washington, D.C., and then federal crimes. But the only federal crimes they seem to find, of course, they've completely memory hold all the federal crimes that took place in the summer of 2020 on public property in Lafayette Square, rioting, attacks and assaults against federal police officers that led to the shutdown of the White House. Yet, we don't hear a word. Cases are being dropped. They actually settled with people who sued, protesters who sued, who said they were mistreated by federal police. And this DOJ, the same people rounding up someone who allegedly pepper sprayed a police officer on January 6th, now 18, 19 months later, settled with these people who filed the civil lawsuit and blamed the cops for bad behavior and put out a whole list of reforms for park police, secret police, uh, excuse me, (laughs) they are sort of secret service and other uh, federal law enforcement agencies who are involved in that, telling them how they needed to handle protesters in the future. Do you wonder if... No. Do you wonder if this committee or anything associated to it has gotten access to any information that you might have on your various devices and so forth? Um, I mean, I probably, I think, I think we're all at risk for that. Mm -hmm. Honestly, Um, I'll say I'm very careful in the sort of things that I I get. I want to make sure that I'm not getting, you know, any material that's under protective orders or discovery that I'm not supposed to have access to. Um, but, you know, we have to be fearless with this because people's lives are being destroyed. People's lives are ending. And going back to what we talked about, Mark, not just the people who committed suicide, the people I hear from who want to commit suicide for what is happening to them. I mean, you have the you have Joe Biden, top lawmakers, Merrick Garland calling January 6th protesters mostly nonviolent domestic terrorists, and that's how they are considered in their communities. They've lost their jobs. 
They've lost their businesses. They've lost their spouses. Marriages have broken up. Children have turned on their parents. We had one case where the FBI wired up the son of a January 6th defendant, recorded his own father talking about what he did on January 6th. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. These people, will, they, they have no bottom. And um, in the meantime, yeah. In the meantime, we still don't have a lot of answers about January 6th, do we? What happened to the pipe bomber? Mm-hmm. Never found out who that was. No charges there. Where are all the records and videos from uh, the Capitol Police or Nancy Pelosi's office or Muriel Bowser's office? Has this committee even interviewed Christopher Ray to find out what the FBI knew or did before and on January 6th? I mean, these are huge unanswered questions. By the they won't even interview Pelosi. And she seems to me to be the number one witness. She was the one, she and Mitch McConnell, Capitol Police Board, responsible for securing the Capitol that day. And DC and, Mayor. And this is an important Biden. point you mentioned, Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell has gotten away with not being questioned by anybody. And he had a responsibility to protect that building, too. And nobody, nobody brings this guy up. It's one of the reasons he hates Trump, isn't it? Well, look, Mitch McConnell, the other side of this is Mitch McConnell and the Democrats are the ones who wanted to shut down what was happening on January 6th. It wasn't the certification of the Electoral College. It was the demand for the 10-day audit commission into six states uh, where there was obvious voter fraud. That's what was transpiring that day. Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, Democrats and half the Republicans wanted that shut down. And that's exactly what happened when the joint session reconvened. Mitch McConnell told a reporter later that night that he thought the day was exhilarating because earlier in the day and for days before that, he he was admonishing, warning his Republican senators not to do this, that it would be a dark day in democracy. They went forward with this audit commission idea. Mm-hmm. So... And, Why hasn't he been questioned? And his sergeant at arms just passed away three or four weeks ago, Michael Stenger. We have no answers about what happened to him either. Well, we can't get any answers from him either uh, because now he's gone. Um, so McConnell opposed any efforts. You're right, as I, as I think back. And this was a, a rational suggestion to have this commission look into these six states and so forth. And uh, they steamrolled it. They steamrolled it. They wanted nothing to do with it. Of course, Congress could have done that. And this effort was suggested first by, I think it was Ted Cruz, wasn't it? Am I right about that? Mm-hmm. It was and they've Ted tried Cruz. to destroy it. <laughs> Say what? Right. It was Ted Cruz and Paul Gosar of Arizona who were actually beginning to present the election irregularities in Arizona when the so-called insurrection began Um, and they had a senator for every house member what was going to happen was about 12 hours of public uh, vetting of these election illegalities and nobody wanted that to happen and so this is what shut that down and that's part of now the electoral act reform they want to change it from one senator and one house member to 20 percent of each body 
before they're allowed to bring objections about electoral college votes. And when some of the Democrats on this committee raised objections in past elections, they were objecting to the fact that a Republican would be president of the United States, Raskin, Thompson, and all the rest of them. Why isn't that viewed as uh, as as hostile to our quote unquote Democrat process? Right. It's all who's uh, which letter is next to the name, R or D. Um, it's so ironic to have Jamie Raskin, who was up there clearly violating the rules because he did not have a Democratic senator to support his objections in the 2016 election. Um, but that wasn't called an insurrection or even obstruction of an official proceeding. Um, and I think, Mark, that's really part of the double standard of everything that, as you know, riles up people on our side. All right, Julie Kelly, I want to thank you. Keep up the great work, and we'll keep listening to you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for always covering my work, Mark. All right, you be well. Well, ladies and gentlemen, she is uh, she's a treasure. She really is. Every conversation, I learn more when I talk to her. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Mr. Producer, do we have another Olympic gold caller, sir? Valeria in Florida, WJNO. Go right ahead, please. Hello, Attorney Levin. I'm an attorney as well. I used to do civil trial work. I'm a longtime listener, grateful to your radio education on Barack Obama and Biden when they were um, in the primary and the awful eight years. I'm a Trump supporter, both campaigns, and I recall the many mafia trials over the decades. And what makes me sick the most is I recall the criminal investigations and the warrants and the subpoenas and the hearings were mostly done by the book. But they, they didn't, they purposely didn't go by the book yesterday. Mm-hmm. And the reason is unjustified hatred and revenge. You laid it all out for us so people like me can keep our jobs and not have to spend time to do the research, especially when many of us like me are taken on X to try to make ends meet. I'm not a high, I'm not a high priced attorney, but I, I love what I do. And I've taken care of a lot of lower income people many years ago. And I'm very proud of that. And one last thing, I know you have a lot of callers. I recall your statements after January 6th and how disgusted you were. And I agree with you 100%. And it made me feel good because I was outraged. And now, okay, and now Merrick Garland said there has been an uptick in threats of violence on social media. And I condemn any Trump supporter who does anything stupid like that, even if they don't mean it. And I condemn all the vulgarity with the flags and the signs and the T-shirts, especially near Mar-a-Lago. President Trump and his son Biden and Melania do not need that. Joe is corrupt. And he's incompetent, period. Vulgarity puts a shadow on President Trump. All right. Thank you very, very much for your call. Yeah, we're kind of consistent here. If you're going to attack other people and harm other people, we will condemn it. If you're going to attack police officers, we're going to condemn it, whether it's in Seattle or Portland, New York or Philadelphia, or on Capitol Hill. But if you haven't attacked them, 
and you're one of hundreds of thousands who protested that day, and one of several hundred who went into the Capitol building and didn't harm anybody or were waved in by the police or didn't know any better since other people were in there and there were parts of the Capitol where there wasn't violence in which people went in, then you don't deserve to go to jail. Maybe get a ticket, maybe get a fine, but you don't deserve to be charged with trespassing and parading on government property. They didn't charge the Colbert Nine, did they? And there's an awful lot of people over the decades have done this and they haven't been charged either. I make this distinction. I've made it since it happened. And apparently at Media Matters and Mediaite, the Washington Post, the New York Times, it's not that they don't listen. They don't give an S. They're out now to destroy anybody and everybody who doesn't embrace their view. That's why you see these Republican sellouts now. You see them on The View. You see them on what I call CNN Republicans and MSNBC Republicans. They're grifters. They're grifters. Dizzy Lizzie Cheney is a grifter. She sees bigger things and wants bigger things. That's the bottom line. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers, our brothers and sisters in Ukraine and Taiwan, and you more than anybody else. We're blessed to have you. I am for sure. Thank you so very, very much. And I'll see you tomorrow. God bless.